Hi there listeners. Welcome to episode 229 part 1 of Never on the Backfoot podcast. International cricket's biggest tournament is set to get underway in India on the 5th of October. A mouth-watering clash between the 2019 finalists England and New Zealand will kick off the ICC Men's ODI World Cup at the Narendra Modi Stadium. The tournament will run for 46 days and will see 10 teams vying for the Men's ODI Cricket Championship in the final on the 19th of November. Here's the ultimate preview you'll need in the lead up to this World Cup. Joining us on the podcast, we have Rishabh Malde, our in-house guest and Pakka RCB fan. He is an ardent cricket lover and a passionate follower of the game. He has worked as an intern on the sports desk of the Times Network, a text commentator at Sportskeeda, and a writer at the admin of the RCB fan club Namma Team RCB. Besides interning at Deccan Herald and Simply Sports Foundation, currently. Without further ado, let's get started. Hi Rishabh, welcome back to Never on the Backfoot podcast. Now this is again a collaboration waiting to happen. We are, uh, you know, waiting for the start of the World Cup. Something we've all been waiting for, although you know we have this nervous anticipation because it's a home World Cup. So first thoughts on being here. It's always a pleasure to be back. <laughs> it's it's like home now. I am. I don't. I I don't even have count of how many episodes I've done with you now. So that's it's really great. And of course, like you mentioned, it's a home World Cup. So there's this nervous excitement, and we're all eager for 2011 to repeat. So yeah, let's see how that goes. It's gonna be exciting. Exactly. Now, when you look at this year's World Cup, you have ten teams uh, featuring. You obviously have India, the hosts. You have Afghanistan, Australia, Bangladesh, England. Netherlands, New Zealand, Pakistan, uh, South Africa, and Sri Lanka. So this is not like your usual eight teams tournament. We see like a whole roster of ten teams. So how excited are you at the prospect of this World Cup? I think it's really good to have as many more number of teams because that way, uh, one you spread the game as well, and uh, it's a World Cup, right? So you. It's really good to have a cover of you know all these teams. There's lots of exciting talent in each and every team, and you cannot count anyone out on any given day. So that way, it's going to be really exciting that you have so much talent coming up. So on the, all of these different different teams, it's not just these big nations that are you know playing again amongst themselves, and it's done. So there's opportunity. For all of these cricketers coming from these associate nations or slightly weaker teams to even showcase what they have and even gain that experience of playing in a multi-nation and a massive tournament like this. So ultimately, for cricket as an entity, it's it's going to do really good to have as many more teams in a World Cup, in especially in a big event like this. Uh, somewhere, do you see cricket go the football route? You know, with having more teams. Like I've seen the football World Cup that usually has like thirty-two to forty countries. So somewhere, do you believe that maybe sometime in the future, cricket will also probably embrace this? I still don't think it would go to thirty, forty teams as such that we have in football. Uh, yes, I think in the qualifiers we might have more teams coming up. The World Cup qualifiers that happen, but. in the main event it's not even you know possible again because of time and venue constraints 50 overs so many venues so to get in as many number of countries and as many games to get that big a window 
is also practically not possible, right? So keeping that in mind, I don't think it's going to go that route. At least anytime soon, it may not happen. And here's hoping uh, the ICC can you know, better market your qualifiers because that's an event we just often see the results of and we don't really get to see the matches uh, as much as we'd like to see. Now, uh, when you focus on this edition, we see the two-time winners, uh, the West Indies, you know, not qualifying and uh, making their way to this World Cup. Now, they've been past winners and it comes as quite a shocker, right? So what are your thoughts on them not playing this World Cup? Is it a massive miss? I mean, it's it's very disappointing to not have West Indies in the World Cup, particularly like you mentioned, the history that they have. They've won two World Cups and there was an era when the West Indies team was really, you know, they were a team of giants, really. And look at that era to now, it's really a disappointment how the downfall has happened. And it's mainly because of this issue the players are having with the board. It's a long-running issue now and some common ground has to be looked at to you know, resolve this issue because they're losing out on cricket as a nation ultimately when all these players are playing for franchises but they do not want to play for the national team. Ultimately, you saw the result like West Indies could not even get through the qualifiers. So, that's that's a shame really and that's very disappointing. So, I think they've got to work out some settlement between the board and players if they have to revive their cricket and not lose out on big tournaments like this. Although this edition will definitely, uh, you know, we'll miss out uh, the West Indies team. Now you have the likes of Netherlands that's uh, making their way and uh, Sri Lanka, right? They took the final two spots after uh, coming out on top in that uh, knockout qualification stage earlier this year in the qualifiers. So how fascinating and competitive was that qualifier? I think it was an absolutely interesting qualifier, as good as the World Cup itself, you can say, because if you look at the final table, uh, Zimbabwe, Ireland, no, sorry, Zimbabwe, Scotland and Netherlands were tied on points and Netherlands finished second due to a higher net run rate. So that's how competitive it was. So that really shows that the teams are really itching to put out their A game and they want to make it to the World Cup. So the competitive spirit is really high over there. Uh, Netherlands and Sri Lanka, like you told, made it through. But uh, it is a little disappointing to not have Zimbabwe and Ireland because, you know, these are amongst the associate nations. These are the two teams over the years that have really established themselves. But uh, it's sad that they haven't been able to live up to that standard. Especially Ireland, they did not even make the Super 6 of the qualifiers. So... I think that is something they need to work on. But again, you know, with Zimbabwe, Scotland, Netherlands tied on points and all of it going down to net run rate, it really shows how competitive and how an intense tournament even the qualifiers were. So it's really good if these teams are coming through this intense and competitive kind of tournament. It prepares them well to, you know, put their best in the World Cup as well. So it's going to be an all-round competitive tournament to for us, from an outside perspective to watch as well, it's. I don't think any game is going to be a dull or a dead rubber game because all of these teams have shown enough competitive spirit and they have potential in them to upset or shock any team on any given day. So these qualifiers have set a really nice tone that way for the World Cup, for these teams coming into the World Cup. Especially Sri Lanka, in the last two years, I think they've come back to be a very good uh, ODI side. 
in white ball cricket. So it's really going to be interesting to look how they perform. They've had a good Asia Cup as well. So they're coming on the back of some good white ball one-day cricket. So that's going to be interesting to watch. I completely agree with you. And I'm sure we're going to see a very competitive uh, World Cup. You know, all the teams are coming off of some really important ODI series as well. Now, the first stage of this uh, ODI World Cup is a round-robin format where all the teams like play each other once, giving us a uh, sum total of like 45 matches. And that's where your top four teams uh, progress to the semi-finals. So, uh, what are your two cents on uh, this format? And does it really give a level playing field to all the teams considering you're playing each other and you have like a good set of matches to, you know, really push your uh, chances for that semi-final? I think it really does give you a good platform to test yourself out against each and every team. Uh, let's say you have just four or five games and you're in a tough group and you lose out, then that's it. It's done. But if you have these many number of games, you still have a chance to, even if you don't qualify or make it through, you have a chance to look at yourself, where you stand and what you can do better. And uh, even with, uh, you know, if it's a long format, long tournament like this, it gives you a good chance to, uh, you know, uh, what do you say? It gives you a good chance to even test your bench, test how fit players are as well to play in such a long tournament. Are they in the space mentally? Are they physically fit enough to, you know, stretch and play consistently throughout such a long tournament? Consistency becomes a very key factor. Uh, when it's in such a long format, you have these many number of games and tough conditions. So all of that comes into account really, which makes it very interesting, not just for us from outside, but also for the teams and players to actually know where they stand and what they need to do. And uh, considering, you know, in the cricketing calendar, we often don't see the teams uh, playing each other like throughout the year. Having them play at least these one-off matches in a World Cup certainly is uh, special in that sense. And uh, before we move on to, you know, analyze each team. Now, cricket fans uh, in India and I think even abroad have, you know, complained about how inaccessible the tickets have been. I'm pretty sure you'd also have your uh, fair share of experiences, right? Now, we see how Jaisha is handing out like golden tickets to some very uh, special and incredible people. So, uh, not being that person, but do you somewhere see like double standards and how it can actually be a little unfair considering the fans, uh, you know, who have really helped the game get to where it is are not getting that kind of treatment, but there are certain people who are getting that? Yeah, I mean, to a large extent, I do feel the fans have been taken for granted if you look at it. Uh, if you look at Ahmedabad, Stadium. The ground has a 1 lakh 20, 30,000 something capacity. But if you look at the number of tickets that have been released for sale online, the number is very significantly low in, in a percentage wise. And there are a lot of these tickets that are reserved for corporates and uh, all these, uh, you know, celebs and all, like you mentioned. And the whole system has been very unorganized, I feel. All of this waiting time, you know, 20 minutes, two hours, then one week. It's very inconvenient as well that way when, you know, the sport is being run by the fans. If there are no fans, there are no people who are going to watch the game, even at home or in the stadium, then where's your, uh, you know, revenue going to come from? What's the point of broadcast? And there's a lot of things that is connected, right? So I think the ticketing process could have really been more better streamlined. It's been a lot inconvenient even for a lot of my friends as well to get tickets, long waiting hours. And then all of a sudden it says it's sold out. 
you can try again later whatever so it's very disappointing that way i think the whole process could have been more uh, you know it could have been more better handled could have been more transparent so i think that is something for such a big board like bcci so i think that is something they have to look back upon absolutely because a lot of people were coming in with hopes of you know being able to secure tickets for these uh, matches because they were not like that expensive or at least the tickets they were aiming for were not but uh, it was quite unfortunate so fans like me will sit and watch it from the comfort of our uh, homes but now you know coming to our uh, first team under focus for preview we have afghanistan right now they have had uh, quite an interesting uh, you know lead up to this uh, world cup we've seen uh, some key players getting ruled out so uh, what are your overall thoughts on the squad and uh, a few you know remarks on their lead up to this world cup i think it's a very interesting side afghanistan over the last few years we have seen them they play really competitive cricket they really challenge the teams uh, this is their third 50 over world cup appearance as well so although they failed in the asia cup they've had a good series against bangladesh coming into right so it should be uh, that should have a good uh, preparation for them if you look at their squad as well there is you know really good decent balance you have the likes of Ibrahim Zadran, Ramanullah Gurbaz, Najibullah Zadran, all these big hitters who have potential to very clear hitters of the ball. Then you have the likes of Hashmatullah Saidi, Muhammad Nabi, and uh, Ramad Shah. All of these guys who bring stability. So there's a good mix in the batting lineup if you look at the squad that way. And uh, one more thing that could be that will really play in favor of Afghanistan is their spinners on in Indian conditions. Uh, Rashid, Mujib, Noor Ahmed, all of these guys will have a huge role to play, and they have a decent uh, pace bowling lineup as well with Fazalak Farooqi. We've seen him in the IPL, Navin Ulak as well. So they have they have a really good mix. They have a good balance on paper. That's a very good balance squad if you look at it. That's actually very true. And in the past uh, a decade or so, you know, if you've seen a growth of team that has been really fascinating, it has to be Afghanistan, right? They have a good mix of like experience and youth that's really playing out well for them. So, if you had to place a SWOT analysis on paper as to you know uh, how it looks like, what would that look like? So, like I mentioned to you, the major strength of this Afghanistan team would be. uh their spinners especially on tracks like chennai lucknow and these slow surfaces in india their spinners are going to get a lot of assistance and we've seen the likes of rashid and uh, mujib and all of them they're not just lethal uh they're also equally lethal with the new ball up front and uh, as the ball gets older as the conditions get more favorable for spin they're obviously going to be dangerous to face so the sp- they have i think they have one of the most quality spin attacks so that is one of their advantages and uh, like i also mentioned to you they have a good balance in their uh, batting i feel they have equal number of power hitters and also people who can bring stability with experience the likes of nabi ramad shah all of these guys and they have a they have a decent pace attack as well fazal akfarooki good pace moves the ball both ways he's very little up front with the new ball navin ulak has done well in the ipl as well and all of these guys also have a lot of experience again playing in the ipl so they are very acclimatized to the conditions it's not it's not alien conditions for them right so i think uh, largely these are their uh, strengths you know but uh, when it comes to their weakness although they have a decent batting lineup like i mentioned to you uh, one problem that i have noticed with afghanistan's batting is the inconsistency 
and uh, they often you know tend to fall under pressure so in a long tournament like this it will be very interesting to see if they can consistently perform throughout these uh, matches a number of matches like one game two game three games they can perform well but will their batters be able to perform consistently on a, in a long tournament like this i think that is something we'll have to see because even in the asia cup the game in which afghanistan got knocked out there was just rashid khan at the end fighting alone and there was no one really left to support him against sri lanka if you'd seen that game so if their batting has to be really consistent throughout i think that is uh, one weak zone that or one weak point that they will have to work on and uh, opportunity so there is a lot of opportunity especially for a team like afghanistan playing their third world cup the two world cups haven't been great for them so they will obviously be looking to you know put a good impact for a lot of these players uh, rashid mujib all of them to have been there they have been playing from quite some time but for these other guys like navin ulak for omar zai for all of these guys it's an opportunity to play in a big tournament amongst all of these big teams so it's a it's going to be a really good learning curve for afghanistan that way the exposure that they are going to get and uh, if you look at the threat i feel the only threat for afghanistan is that they are going to play they are going to be playing all the sena countries in their group so i think uh, that is going to be a major threat for them that it's not going to be easy to play the likes of south africa england australia new zealand all of these teams you know quality sides so how that how they come up against these sides what kind of temperament and attitude they show against these these sides is really going to determine how their world cup goes so i think that is the only major threat otherwise i don't think there are really a uh, fearless side they play their cricket really well you know uh, they give their uh, complete effort that we've seen with afghanistan so not much threat that way apart from the fact that they're going to be playing tougher nations in their group so that's the only thing I'm glad you brought this point of uh, how a lot of their players have this ipl experience right so that will definitely come in handy and having rubbed shoulders with some of the uh, biggest stars of the game you know it's going to do them a world of good and if you had to like hand pick players to watch out for and some people who you are personally looking forward to you know seeing who are they when it comes to afghanistan the first and foremost player that you cannot look beyond is rashid khan has to be because he's the face of afghanistan literally the guy does everything he bats he bowls he fields he's equally he's a proper three dimensional player we've seen him and his ipl experience as well he's played for a lot of years now and he's been successful as well so uh, rashid khan is definitely going to be one of those guys to watch out for but apart from that i'll also be looking at uh, navinul haq because uh, he's got a lot to prove because we know uh, his banter that's happened in the ipl but uh, if you keep the banter aside he's actually a quality pacer so he's got a point to prove that and also ramanulla gurbaz is one batter at the top whom i'll be looking at because again he's shown signs that he can not only counter attack but he also has that ability to you know pace his innings and play a long innings so how gurbaz does at the top is really going to be crucial from a batting perspective for afghanistan so these are the two three players that are according to me the players to watch out for in the afghanistan side absolutely and uh, a match you're definitely looking forward to 
So Afghanistan and England is one match that I'm really looking forward to and I'll tell you why. If you look at England's squad, they have a lot of explosive batters and they bat really deep all the way. They've revolutionized white ball batting. Yeah, yeah. But if you look at Afghanistan's squad, Mujib, Rashid, Noor Ahmed, Nabi, how England's batters come against these guys on wickets like Lucknow, Chennai, all of, you know, they're going to play England in Chennai. So that is going to be a real test for the English batters as to how they fare against Afghanistan spinners. So England's batting versus Afghanistan spinners. I think that's going to be a cracking contest. So this is one game for Afghanistan that I'll really be looking forward to. Fair enough. And who do you think will be the best playing 11 that Afghanistan can actually feel on any given day? So, I think Afghanistan's best playing 11 should be Ibrahim Zadran, Ramanullah Gurbaz, Ashmatullah Shahidi, Rahmat Shah, Najibullah Zadran, Muhammad Nabi at 6, Omar Zai at 7, then Rashid at 8, Mujib Fazaluk Fariki, and Navinul Haq. Yeah, seems uh, pretty formidable as well. And uh, before we move on to uh, England, what's your prediction on where Afghanistan will end up? I think a lot will depend on those four games the against the Sena countries that they're going to play. Afghanistan, no doubt, is a side that you know really challenges any side on any given day. But at this point of time, I don't see them finishing in the top four. So if you ask me, I think Afghanistan is going to be in the bottom. Then I mean they're not going to be in the top four. They're going to be in the second half, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. But they can still have a decent show at the World Cup. They are a side who can surely threaten any side on any day. So, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting campaign for them, though I'm not sure if they'll make it to the top four. Yeah, that seems a little unlikely, but I still feel, you know, they're going to pull off these one-off victories and, you know, have those <laughs> remarkable uh, moments of glory. They now, could cause a lot of upsets. <laughs> exactly. Looking forward to that as well. And the World Cup just gets boring, predictable results, you know, your top four is going to be India, Australia, England, and probably South Africa, right? So in that exactly sense, that's why it's really interesting that they're having a ten-team World Cup. So it's not very monotonous that way. Exactly, a lot of permutations and combinations, a lot of results also, and that kind of brings me to England, right? Now again, England has uh, had an interesting run-up to the World Cup, right? The series versus New Zealand went their way. Uh, the one versus Ireland saw you know big scores and a lot of their uh, batters coming to the group. So, uh, to start off with, what are your overall thoughts on the squad chosen and uh, their lead-up to this World Cup? I think, no doubt, England is one of the uh, you know teams that are favourites to win the World Cup. So, they are the defending champions, obviously, and they won the T20 World Cup as well recently. They have really emerged as a white ball powerhouse. So, it's a really dangerous side, no doubt. And the return of Ben Stokes particularly gives them a huge boost. And like you mentioned, they had a really good ODI series coming into the World Cup. They beat New Zealand 3-1. So that will give them good confidence as well. But I only think Jason Roy missing out in place of Harry Brook could be one thing that could cost England. And also uh, Jofra Archer missing out is again a blow because he's obviously one of their lead uh, paces. And I think spin is a bit of a concern. Bearing Moin Ali, Moin Ali and Adil Rashid, I don't see 
any big names in the spin department when you're playing in India. But overall, if you look, they have a really, really solid squad. They have a lot of guys who can bat and ball. You look at the likes of uh, Ben Stokes, Liam Livingstone, Moeen Ali, uh, Chris Wokes, David Willey, Sam Curran. All of these guys can bat and ball. So they have real good depth and they have really solid all-rounders, like proper all-rounders who can bat and bowl equally well. So they have a really good depth. And in such a long tournament like this, where, you know, testing conditions, a lot of players go through injuries and it's a long format. So it's really good when you have this kind of depth that, you know, gives you the cushion or it allows you to rest some players or try out different combinations because more or less, all of them have very similar skill sets. If you look at their all-rounders as well and obviously a batting powerhouse there. So, I think overall, it is one of the most balanced squads on paper amongst all the teams in this World Cup. Agreed. And, you know, they're coming in with this tags, uh, tag of being defending champions. So, there's again this pressure to, you know, put your best foot forward and prove your worth outside the home as well. Now, uh, again, the squad boasts of a lot of players who have played in the IPL. So, you know, these conditions are not completely unknown to them. Yet, if you had to assess and do a SWOT analysis, how would that look like? So, like I mentioned earlier, the explosive batting lineup that they have is going to be their uh, biggest strength because obviously when you're playing in India, you do expect to have batting-friendly uh, pitches most of the times. And like you mentioned, a lot of these guys have IPL experience as well. So, that is going to really work in favour for them. And uh, other thing that I mentioned is the depth that they have, the number of quality all-rounders that they have who can equally bowl and bat. Especially fast bowling all-rounders, the likes of David Willey, Sam Curran, Chris Wokes as well to an extent. You know, a lot of teams do not have more than one or maybe two fast bowling, genuine fast bowling all-rounders. So, I think that is one thing that's going to give them a real edge. But if you look at the one weak point or the one box that seems of a bit of a concern is... Uh, they are missing a quality spin attack. Like I mentioned to you, Moin Ali and Adil Rashid are only the two well-known names in the spin department that they have. So, when you are playing in subcontinent conditions, obviously you need to have, a, if not good, at least a decent spin attack, right? So, that is something that is going to be a concern uh, for England. But if you look at their overall strength and depth in the squad, I think they can make it up. They definitely can make it up. Uh, if you look at the threats that they have, uh, I think they are, you know, one of the teams that has a lot of depth, no doubt. But what can happen in certain cases is this could even go against them. Like, you know, spoiled for choices. What if they don't get their combination right? Because they have lots to choose from. We've seen this happening to a lot of sides before when there is, uh, you know, when you have, when you're spoiled for choice, you often end up messing the combination or you miss one or two boxes here and there. So that is one thing. And uh, England's batters against spinners, how are they going to negate and play spin in subcontinent conditions? That is one major threat that they'll have to look at. No doubt their batters have the power, but how will they come up against spinners in subcontinent conditions? That is going to be one threat for England. But otherwise, yeah, very formidable side. And uh, definitely one of the contenders to go on and defend their title. 
and england is another team you know considering the 2015 world cup and the revolution they had to win that 2019 world cup was nothing short of fascinating so i think they are one among your very good uh, you know white ball teams that can really uh, pose a challenge to anyone on a given day exactly and uh, that's why you know the likes of uh, ben stokes making his return back to uh, odi you know a format he gave up is quite exciting so who are some of the players that you are actually excited and are you know waiting to see them in action one name definitely that everybody has on their mind and you already mentioned him is ben stokes of course he's also played in india in the ipl and he's proven his worth he's a genuine all-rounder batting bowling fielding all three of it and he really gives a whole different balance to the england squad so ben stokes is one guy that really will be looking forward to the other person is also joe root because uh, he's one of england's batting mainstays and how he performs at that number 3 number 4 position is really going to be crucial to their batting order because amongst all these pariters in butler besto livingston all of these guys it's important to have that one guy who can you know stabilize and play a long inning and carry the innings forward so joe root is that guy for england so he's also going to be one player along with uh, stokes for me to watch out for and considering they've all been you know world cup winners they've played in india i think you know there's certainly so much to uh, look forward to and now england obviously is uh, going to be playing against all the countries so it's a lot of exciting matches but any particular match that you are like really ardently looking forward to i'm looking forward to england playing india because uh, it's going to be a really good contest both ways first to england's batters against india's spinners likes of kuldeep ashwin coming in now and with uh, jadeja as well it's really going to be uh, exciting to see how they play indian spinners in subcontinent conditions and likewise the other side how our batters play you know their they have a really good pace attack if you look at mark wood restopley chris wokes david willy sam karan all of these guys are really skilled fast bowlers so how and especially you got left arm seamers over there so when there's indian batsmen and left arm seamers that's obviously a competition that the whole world is going to want to watch so india versus england is this is one game that i'm really looking forward to and uh, before we move on to the prediction on where uh, england ends up what do you think is the best playing eleven that england can field because you brought this point earlier about how they are spoiled for choices they have so many options for like the same position so what is your ideal playing eleven look like i think england would go with josh butler johnny besto joe root david nuland and uh, ben stokes with livingston at 6 moin ali adil rashid 8 and then markwood chris wokes and i think either of reese topley david willy or sam karan any one of these three because all three of them are left reese topley is left arm right yeah yeah so all three of these left arm seamers so either one of them but this could more or less be their 11 i'm not sure where harry brook fits in here because there are already lot of parameters and they've got to play moin ali and adil rashid because they are the only two genuine spinners that they have so i think this could more or less be how their 11 would shape up that actually looks quite uh, formidable and what's your prediction for england i mean i think a top 4 finish seems likely on cards do you see them go all the way this time again okay. yeah i definitely see england in the top 4 and probably going all the way as well because 
having said everything they really have a good balance they have the power that a one day side needs they can literally bat any side out of the game at any time because that is the strength that they possess genuine power hitters and it's not like their bowling attack is very complacent they also even though they have just two spinners but they really have quality pacers who can do the damage up front likes of markwood chris wokes restopley all of these guys david willy all of these guys there's a good mix of experience as well so england is a very well balanced squad no doubt they are making the top 4 and not a surprise if they go all the way and defend their title as well exactly it will be interesting to see uh, how their campaign goes and that brings me to the team of the moment right india now this is a home world cup i think in all our conversations so far at college we've only been like ah will india you know actually win this world cup it's such a big uh, moment for us uh we are coming on the back of you know winning the asia cup and uh, we have had a good ish series versus australia that kind of opened our eyes to uh, some things get you know the squad is looking good uh, we have a lot of alternatives so uh, what are your overall thoughts in the squad and uh, india's preparations in the lead up to this world cup i uh, like you mentioned they're coming off a really good series against australia and uh, why this series becomes all the most significant is you look at the likes of rahul shreyas ayer coming back to form performing the way they did is a really good boost because this batting was a real concern with a lot of injuries in the recent past so with guys like rahul shreyas even uh, suryakumar yadav finding his foot in odi cricket getting back to form i think that's that's a really huge positive it makes india one of the strongest batting lineups with rohit virat obviously there and uh, kuldeep yadav has as well really come back to form he's looking in a good shape he's looking in good rhythm with ashwin coming in there ashwin's played two world cups he's a really wily and a crafty spinner so that is a huge plus i feel and uh, siraj has been someone who's been performing really well with the white ball both at the top and at the depth so that is another really uh, you know x factor so i feel there's a good balance in all departments but uh, just one slight concern would be having a fast bowling all rounder i know there is hardik pandya but apart from hardik pandya i would not count shardul thakur as a genuine fast bowling all rounder so that is uh, one place if hardik gets injured let's say god forbid then who do we have apart from shardul to take the spot of a fast bowling all rounder i think that is one loophole but otherwise more or less again it's a very well balanced and a very good looking squad particularly after the australia series the way all the players are in good form mohammad shami as well bumrah coming back so i feel it's very well balanced and they are in good confidence and good rhythm that way Absolutely, it's great to have uh, players back in form because you know a home World Cup definitely brings in a lot of pressure. It's an ODI World Cup that's happening at home after what, like twelve years, right? So now you know you did bring in a lot of uh, strengths and weaknesses that we have. But would you like to re- reflect even on the opportunities and uh, possible threats that India could face? There is a big opportunity because if you look at the top five, Shubman Gill, I forgot to mention again, he's having the you know form of his life he's had a phenomenal year and uh, he's really been performing well but if you look at shubman gill rohit sharma virat kohli shreyas ayer and kl rahul all of these guys in the last 12 months 
are averaging 50 plus. So when your top five is averaging 50 plus for close to a year, I think that shows how consistently they've been doing well in tandem. So if the top five is doing so good together in a big tournament like this, uh, I feel that is a huge, huge strength that we have. And uh, similarly, looking at the bowling lineup, Kuldeep Yadav, Mohamed Siraj, like I mentioned, Bumrah's there. Ashwin coming into the fray now, you know, gives it a whole different dimension to that uh, bowling lineup. The spin department, particularly with the experience all of these guys bring, that to it being a home World Cup. So I think that's a major advantage that India really have. Uh, one of the weakness or the threats that I would only tell or like to mention is the absence of, you know, fast bowling all-rounders. Yes, we do have Jadeja there. But uh, even if you look at the spin bowling all-rounders, Jadeja is the only notable name over there. And then you just have Hardik Pandya. So, if we need to experiment or, you know, bench some guys or bring in someone with the permutation combination, uh, God say injuries happen, then we do not have enough all-rounders in the side. I think there's an absence of a good number of all-rounders. So, that is one thing. And uh, the, there's only one threat that is the injury threat because... We've seen it's not one-two guys. It's a lot of guys at once getting injured. So if that happens, then India is going to face a huge problem because there is no depth like an England side has. If you look at it, uh, if you look at it option-wise, we do not have as much depth as some side like England has. So injuries are going to be one major threat, particularly given that it's a long tournament. So, how the players manage themselves, how the workload is managed is uh, really going to be one thing that they'll have to focus on. And uh, otherwise, though, the biggest opportunity for India is to win a World Cup at home. There can be no bigger opportunity than that. And uh, also, after 2013, they haven't won a single ICC tournament. So, this is their chance. I think this is the best shot that India have in a long time to you know, redeem themselves and break that ICC trophy jinx, break the drought really at home. So that is the major opportunity when you talk about India. There cannot be anything beyond that. Absolutely. That's actually a great point you bring. And even, you know, focusing on uh, our, our con on our earlier conversation where you said a lot of our players are peaking at the right time, which is uh, welcome signs for Team India. Now, this is again a home World Cup and we know Virat Kohli and like uh, World Cups are a love story that is uh, <laughs> very difficult to fathom in itself. So, uh, you know, I know it's an as the ardent RCB fans, we are an obvious answer for this question of you know players to watch out for is definitely going to be Virat Kohli. So, uh, what are your thoughts on him in this World Cup? A point to prove, considering he had indicated earlier that you know he wanted to uh, captain the ODI team in this uh, World Cup, and that's the reason he uh, you know left T Twenty I captaincy and everything. So, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, you obviously brought it up that uh, the player to look out for for me is <laughs> going to be uh, Virat Kohli. Uh, apart from the fan side of that, if you really look at it, the last one, one and a half year, he's been in a really good touch. So, there was that time where he was, you know, really down and out, runs not coming, all of that. The century drought and all, but 
that's all gone behind the way he's bought himself back has been really phenomenal so that hunger has always been there so coming from that perspective i think this is going to be a big world cup for uh, virat kohli because he's i don't think he's got a point he's got anything to prove prove as such but uh, him performing in that top order is really going to be crucial for india because you have rohit shubman at the start and then to follow with virat kl shreya so if all of these guys can you know fire in tandem and virat is someone who can lead that batting unit that way if you can have a really good world cup then there's a very good chance of india going all the way as well so just the energy that he brings is really going to be uh, crucial not just his batting if you look at it so he's obviously going to be in focus but other the another player that i'm really looking forward to is going to be ravichandran ashwin a very uh, interesting pick i would say because 2011 and 2015 are the two world cups that he played did not play the 2019 world cup and now he's back for the 2023 world cup and it's like it's all happened very quickly that he's come back to the squad played a game against australia performed well luckily for him and unfortunately akshar misses out so that way he's there he's come into the squad now but i think ashwin coming in could really be a uh, you know blessing in disguise the amount of experience that he carries and uh, just he's such a smart and crafty bowler and over the years he's really worked on his variations he's added to his skill sets so it's not like he's just a one dimensional off spinner he's he's really worked on a lot of these deliveries not just apart from the carom ball and all the usual stuff that he does he's really worked a lot as well and that was that's been evident when he played against australia as well he picked up three wickets in one of the games so i think so it was like he just he wasn't out at all he just came back and picked three wickets so that shows that for a player like ashwin you can just bring him back anytime and he's going to be as good as he was when he wasn't playing so i think ashwin is going to be a real key especially in conditions like lucknow chennai De- chennai delhi all these kind of wickets uh, along with kuldeep and uh, jadeja really strengthens the spin attack especially against sides like australia england where they have power hitters but they tend to struggle against spin so that is where ashwin being here gives us that edge really so i think he is also going to be one player to look out for and he has a point to prove that he is not just a test cricketer he's played two odi world cups before so he's got a point to prove as well that he's equally good in white ball and he's not just limited to a red ball uh, cricketer call it fate but uh, you know i'm glad that you brought up the name of ashwin because if india goes on to win this world cup it's going to be a very rare feat for virat kohli and ashwin because both of them are were in the 2011 uh, world cup winning yeah. squad they win this they'll become like the first like cricketers to have won two world cups in like the same century you know so that by itself is a very big thing i will still have to fact check this uh, one but uh, it's still a massive uh, you know recognition to have for both uh, virat kohli and ashwin so definitely they'll be looking to uh, put in their best foot forward to ensure uh, this happens and uh, now india is going to be playing against 
a lot of countries, which is obviously going to be very exciting for us. But is there a particular match that you're looking forward to? I mean, India, Pakistan, for sure. India, Australia, also for sure. But any other encounters that you will really be looking forward to? So you did mention two of the encounters that I had in mind. India, Pakistan, World Cup. Obviously, you cannot look beyond. That is going to be a good game. But if you personally ask me more than India, Pakistan, I'm looking forward to India, Australia and India, England. India, England, I already mentioned when we spoke about England. Uh, it's our spinners against their batting and our batting really against the quality fast bowling that they have. And the same goes with Australia. They do have a lot of power hitters, players who have played in India, a lot in India. But again, they also have that tendency to struggle against spin. So that is one crucial encounter and also against the likes of Stark, Hazelwood, Pat Cummins, all of these guys genuinely, uh, you know, phenomenal fast bowlers. So how are batters fair against these guys when they're playing in a World Cup? Because Australia in a bilateral series and Australia in a World Cup are completely two different teams. We've all, we all know that we've seen how they tend to perform in World Cups. Even though they don't do well in bilaterals, they're a completely different side when it comes to World Cups. So I think these are the two encounters that I'm looking forward to more in comparison to India-Pakistan. Fair enough, that does uh, make sense. And before we move on to uh, New Zealand, what is your prediction on where India will end up? Uh, let's not jinx anything here, but then uh, like an honest uh, you know, thing about where India could possibly uh, see themselves. Very honestly speaking, like I told you, I think this is the best shot that India had in recent times at winning an ICC tournament because of the fact that the top five are all doing really well and they're all the fact that they're all doing well at the same time. All of them are peaking together. Gil, Shreyas, Rahul, these guys coming back, Virat, Rohit, all of them are performing well at once. Then you have the likes of Ashwin, Jadeja, Kuldeep, and, you know, Bumrah, Shami, Siraj, again, forming a phenomenal pace trio. Uh, Surakumar Yadav as well. So, you know, there's a really good uh, balance in the squad. And uh, particularly that they're playing a home World Cup, they're obviously going to start as favourites. But looking at the recent Australia series and the Asia Cup, the performances that have come as a unit, they are doing really well. They look very confident. So, definitely India are... I expect them to end up in the top four and uh, probably win the World Cup as well. So, very, very realistically, they do have a chance of going all the way. Apart from uh, Indian, Indian bias, they really have a strong <laughs> chance of going all the way. Looking at the squad, at least on paper. And here's hoping, you know, generally that uh, the ICC knockout choke that usually happens to us does not happen and we really get to see this uh, World Cup. Because more than anything, I think the fans really deserve to see, uh, you know, India True. win that ICC trophy after like 2013. And after all the losses we've seen in semi-finals, finals, I think this is a very fitting uh, gift they can give to their uh, fans as well. Yeah, it's time they go past the knockouts now. Yeah. Knockouts is not, reaching to knockouts is not good enough for a team like India at this point. It's at least not considered that way because, hey, knockouts though, okay, you do reach every time, but what they've really got to prove and go beyond that and uh, yeah, silence all the critics and give us fans what we deserve as well, like <laughs> you mentioned. 
Exactly. And uh, that brings me to another interesting team, New Zealand. Now, they've also, uh, you know, always got the short end of the stick when it comes to uh, certain unfortunate ICC knockout matches. Let's leave it at that. But uh, what are your overall thoughts on uh, the squad that New Zealand has uh, put together and their uh, lead up to this World Cup? I think, again, New Zealand is really one of those, you know, interesting teams that we always talk about. The underdogs, they're often called. And uh, the last two World Cups, they've played the finals and they've been on the losing side. So, they will also want to try and get third time lucky. Uh, but, you know, uh, the return of Williamson is a really good plus for them. But then there's again a catch there because he's going to miss the few initial stages, one or two games, I feel. So, it's really, it's, it's going to be crucial to see how they manage his injury. If he can play most of the games, it's going to be a real boost because he's got a lot of experience playing in India as well. And he's the leader of the pack, right? And uh, if you look at the squad, you know, they have a good pace attack with Bolt coming back, Ferguson. These guys have played in the IPL as well. Matt Henry again. And uh, there's Team Saudi as well, although he's also going to miss a few initial games. But then again, a lot of experience also having played in India that he brings. So, I think that way they have a good set of seniors in the squad and uh, they also have a good bat. They have a good batting lineup in terms of, you know, Devin Conway. We've seen him. He's been successful in the IPL as well. Uh, there's Tom Latham who really has a good record whenever he plays against India and in Indian conditions. Likes of Nisham, Phillips, Daryl Mitchell. So, good names in the squad really. So, I think overall, they are also a side that will start as favourites to make the top four. So, it's really going to be important how uh, the likes of Williamson and Saudi and these guys are able to, you know, how long they can play for and sustain their injuries. And if they can really click, then New Zealand is going to be one of the formidable sides. That's actually very true. And uh, looking at the squad composition of New Zealand, they look very settled across uh, departments. So, if you had to place a SWOT analysis on paper, how would that look like? I think, like I mentioned, they have a good uh, backing side with the likes of uh, Williamson, Conway, Tom Latham, Darren Mitchell, Glenn Phillips. So, there's a good mix of uh, guys who can stabilize and uh, power hitters as well with Mitchell, Nisham, uh, sorry, Mitchell Phillips and even Nisham to a certain extent. He's, he had a good PSL. So, it's not like he's not been playing and he's it's a good thing that he's back in their uh, one-day setup as well. And uh, the bowling, uh, if you look at the likes of Trent Bold, uh, Ferguson, Matt Henry, like I mentioned, they also have one of the strong pace attacks. So, that is uh, going to be key. And uh, they have a good set of spinners as well with uh, Mitch Santner and Isodi. Uh, it's really a very dangerous pair in uh, subcontinent conditions. And both of them have experience playing the IPL as well. So, that is one really strong point for their strength. But if you look at their weakness, I feel despite them being a good batting side, they tend to struggle against spin. So, this is something that's really common with all of these uh, Sena countries that despite having good batting and despite having enough experience of playing in the IPL, 
and in Indian conditions, uh, they still tend to struggle against uh, spin. And uh, with Saudi and Williamson missing out initial phases, that is also going to be a concern or rather a weakness, I would say, because then it would hamper their combination. When would these guys come back in? If they come back in, who goes out? So that is something they'll have to really uh, work out. And uh, opportunity is there for guys like Mitchell, Glenn Phillips, uh, Rachin Ravindra, Will Young, Mark Chapman, all of these guys who have good potential. I think they're playing their first 50-over uh, World Cup. And it's always a pressure playing in India, huge crowds and all of that. So the opportunity is there for uh, these guys to really prove themselves. And... Uh, again, a threat for New Zealand will be how consistently they can perform. No doubt they are a good side, but uh, we'll have to see if they can keep up the consistency of the last two World Cups that they have been keeping up, particularly given the fact that some of their key players are dark clouds over their fitness and availability. So that is one thing that will be playing on their minds. But apart from that, again, they also look a good side. Certainly, they have it in them to make it to the top four. Definitely. New Zealand is one side you can definitely uh, never write off, you know, because they always have uh, players who will stand up to the occasion and uh, really deliver, you know, when the team needs it the most. And who are some of the players that you are really looking forward to seeing? Like in my case, I'm looking forward to Kane Williamson because man's coming off like this huge injury uh, layoff. You have the likes of uh, Tim Saudi and uh, Trent Bolt too, right? So who are some of the players you are excited to see? Definitely, I'm looking at Kane Williamson because like you mentioned, he's coming back from injury. So it's really going to be crucial as to how he performs. He's got a good experience in the IPL as well. And he's that guy who really holds the team together. And uh, he's really the one who can lead the batting. He's got all the experience. So, Kane Williamson is one person who I'm definitely looking forward to. And uh, Trent Bolt as well. Because, uh, you know, he opted out of the central contract. And now he's back for the World Cup. So, it's really going to be important to see what attitude he comes back with. And Trent Bolt coming back in really gives them that edge as a bowling unit because he has the ability to, you know, swing the ball both ways, good pace, good experience, left-arm seamer particularly. And uh, again, he also has a lot of experience of playing in Indian conditions. So I think these are the two guys that are really going to hold key. And if they can perform well, then New Zealand can have a really good campaign and who knows, they can get third time lucky and beat that final cut jinx that they haven't been winning two finals <laughs> since the last two World Cups. That's actually so true. And for a lot of us, you know, uh, if not India, it should definitely be New Zealand uh, landing their hands on the ICC trophy because... Uh, I think it's yeah. that one team with you know zero hitters. Like there's one player with zero hitters. There's one team with zero hitters. Nobody <laughs> has a problem. New Zealand wins. Yeah. Even though Australia and New Zealand are like trans-Tasman rivals, you don't see the kind of hate and like, you know, thing that happens with England, Australia or India, Pakistan, right? So, New Zealand is that, yeah. 
and uh, even you know focusing on uh, new zealand and some of the iconic matches they've had in the past with us in the semi final of the 2015 world cup with england in the 2019 world cup what are some of the matches that you are looking forward to seeing and new zealand you know trying to prove their point that hey we can actually come out uh, stronger india new zealand one has to be because of the history that we have and uh, again it boils down to you know uh, their batters like i mentioned before they are a good batting side but they they'll be tested against spin so how they play against indian spinners it's really going to be key to watch out for that's going to be an interesting contest and uh, our batters against the likes of matt henry ferguson and trent bolt so that is going to be a good good contest to watch out, watch out for and uh, new zealand australia like you mentioned so they also come with that 2015 uh, world cup final so those are again two teams quality batting sides good set of pacers as well so that is again going to be a really juicy battle so new zealand australia new zealand england new zealand england as well for that matter so these are a few matches of the kiwis that are really going to be interesting to watch out for Exactly, and uh, before we, you know, we move on to uh, part two of our uh, discussion. What is your prediction on where New Zealand will end up? I mean, a top four finish uh, seems likely on cards, but do you, you know, see them finally break that jinx and hopefully uh, go to the finals and win the World Cup? Maybe it's a little tricky if you ask me to be honest with New Zealand. Like, I do see them in the top four. Like, they are one of the obvious teams and contenders to win the World Cup as well, but. again you know if williamson and uh, the likes of saudi williamson all of these guys if they cannot perform to their potential with injury then it's really going to be interesting to see how they fare how do the other guys uh, step up and uh, do they have it in them to consistently do well without two of their main players being at their 100% to go all the way so it could also possibly you know end up that they do not come in the top 4 or they just miss out by a close margin but on paper if you ask me i do see new zealand uh, getting a top 4 finish but then there's a catch to that like i mentioned Fair enough, and uh, that does conclude uh, part one of our uh, preview, where we looked at uh, very comprehensive analysis for Afghanistan, England, India, and uh, New Zealand. We will be back for part two. That's all for now.